welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And this episode is brought to you by my Bliss Project annual event. You can go to theblissproject.info right now to check it out. It is March 2nd through the 4th, 2018 in Newport Beach, California. You guys, we are going to have 500 women coming together to meet each other, to support each other, to lift each other up and create massive transformation in an accelerated amount of time. So if you guys are ready to bust your blocks, move through your fears and find your tribe, I don't want you to miss it because this is my favorite event all year long. You guys, it is three days of personal growth exercises, yoga for everybody, meditation, and I have so many incredible speakers and surprises. You don't want to miss it. So tickets are selling out fast. So make sure you go to theblissproject.info. I have it in the show notes and I will see you there. And you guys, today's guest is Danica Breisha. She is an IMG curve model and the founder of and CEO of Model Meals. It's a healthy meal delivery business. And I actually met her at an event in LA um, called Awe, Amazing Women Entrepreneurs. And immediately when I met her, I fell in love with her. Um, she's a gorgeous, gorgeous curve model. But on top of that, her personality was radiating. I could actually spot her from across the room and I knew that I had to meet her. So she has a passion for personal growth and positive transformation. She sees food as the most valuable medicine available and as an essential tool in fueling the body, mind, and soul to build our best possible life. So after nearly two decades of disordered eating, Danica used nutritious food, mindfulness, and essential daily self-care routines to heal herself, to build the business and life of her dreams. So she helps others do the same by providing resources like model meals that make a healthy diet easy and accessible. And through the sharing of knowledge and experience provided in her coaching practices, retreats, digital media, and more, she uses her platform as a curve model to help women rethink the traditional notion that beauty has only one shape and one size. You guys, this conversation was so juicy. Right when I got done, I was like, okay, when can we chat again? <laughs> when can we get together? Because I love this woman and her perspective on life, goals, food, everything. So let's get started. Danica, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to be here. I've been a longtime um, follower and lover of you. So this is super exciting. Well, likewise, I've been stalking your social media for a while, but we met at <laughs> what was it, Amazing Women Entrepreneurs? 
Oh yeah. That was a, I forgot that was a while back. Yes. I know. It's funny. Cause I had your card floating around my house and I'm like, I've got to get this girl on my podcast. I really, really <laughs> loved her. And that's when I started following you. And I was like, I knew I loved her. So, <laughs> so well, I'm honored and the love is very mutual. Uh, and it's so funny. It's crazy how small the world is. Once you start seeing, um, all of the people that you have in common, I'm like, of, of course they know her. This is crazy. <laughs> like all well, these women even, that I know. When, when you have free food, um, people tend to like you a lot okay. more. So I think that's the ticket I've found. Got it. Get more free food. Okay. I'm yep. doing it. Okay. So I would <laughs> love for you to share with everybody what you're doing right now, what you have going on right now, and then we'll get into how you started that. Totally. So, um, I'm a big believer in, you can, uh, have all of your dreams. You don't really just have to pick one thing. And I think you're a perfect living example of that. Um, so I currently, the big thing is model meals. That's my meal delivery business. So we serve Southern California. Um, and then we just launched San Francisco Bay area about a month ago. So I'm the founder and CEO over here. And this is sort of my baby and came out of a big dream and passion for me. Um, and then I am still, I'm a uh, plus size or curve model or whatever we want to call it to be politically correct. But, um, I'm a model with IMG models. So I do do a lot of modeling. Um, and that's pretty much it right now. I'm doing a little bit of catering things here and there, but really trying to focus on those two things and not get my energy in too many different places. Because that is a lot of stuff already, which is amazing. <laughs> so how did you, you start? How did you get started into both of those things? Yeah. So they kind of, they're actually really, really tied together. So when I was younger, I always grew up struggling with my body. I think I never saw anyone in the media that looked like me. I was kind of a little bit bigger and a lot of people, you know, I'd hear you have such a pretty face. And I think mm -hmm. as a kid, you're going to take that and be like, well, what's wrong with the rest of me sort mm -hmm. of thing. And so, you know, I kind of always grew up, I think feeling not enough and then feeling like if I could look like one of these models, then I'll be enough, then I'll be accepted. And that, you know, the size double zero, that was all super, um, popular. And that was what I was seeing in the, in the media. And so I thought I have to look like that. And so I kind of started this like lifelong passion for weight loss, which is so sad to look back on that. But truthfully, if there was anything that I studied and was passionate for the first decade and a half of, of, you know, or that decade and a half of and a half in my life was really weight loss. And so I did every diet under the sun and in high school, I lost about 40 pounds on Atkins. And then all of a sudden the boys wanted to date me and and winning homecoming queen and all this sort of stuff. And, um, and then the weight started creeping back on as it does with any of those kind of crazy diets. And I started throwing up my meals and really struggled with bulimia for quite some time and had all these dental issues and then realized that I was clearly ruining my inside because my teeth were already so bad. And so I was like, Oh, well, I'll stop throwing up, but, um, I'm going to use, you know, appetite suppressing drugs. So I started using cocaine and Adderall and all this different stuff. And it was just this constant struggle to attain, what I thought was going to make me feel like enough, which was being the size zero, size two model. Um, I just, I never, no one ever told me I wasn't built that way. So um, I just kind of continued in that pursuit, graduated from college, worked in the television industry and kind of got to a place where I was like, okay, like enough is enough. I've struggled with my body all these years. Um, I'm real, more or less the same size that I've, than I've always been. And, and all my energy is go has gone to what, you know? Mm -hmm. And so 
I kind of let myself go and stop dieting for quite some time and, and let myself settle, which is, you know, I'm five foot 10. I'm about a size 12, 14 typically is where my body settles. Mm -hmm. And I was at bank of America in LA and I had some agents approach me and ask me if I ever thought about plus size modeling. And, and I hadn't really, because I always wore sort of the top size of the regular sizes. And I didn't know that plus size modeling was a thing. And, you know, in the plus size modeling industry in general starts at a size six. So you can understand, you know, where that gets a little crazy if size six is considered anything by wow. over six is considered plus size. But the typical plus size model, I'd say is about size 12 to 16. So I started modeling and things took off pretty quickly. And I signed with Wilhelmina models in New York city and I made the move to New York and about sim simultaneously with that move, it was the first time I was living by myself. I was moving there at the very, very um, end of December of 2013. And I thought, okay, it's a new year. I love setting new year's goals. I want to take the first month off from drinking alcohol. And why, if I'm not drinking, I might as well do like a healthy eating thing too. So I found something called the whole 30, which is sort of like clean eating program where you eliminate anything that's really inflammatory to your body for about 30 days. So I did that that first month while I was living in New York City. And at the end of the 30 days, I was blown away with how different I felt. You know, I lost 15 pounds, but that actually became the very like least significant thing in this journey. And I was just so empowered by how my brain worked and how much I, how well I functioned and just just everything was on sort of like hyperdrive. And I, I realized I'd gotten so used to my normal that I didn't know how good I could feel. I didn't know what the foods that I grew up eating, the processed foods, the sugar, all that stuff were doing to my brain, especially. And so being so empowered by how much I could change in 30 days, I was like, well, what else can I change? And I started adding on different habits every month. So, you know, the next month I'd add on meditation. And so I'd keep the eating thing and then no drinking and I add on daily meditation and the next month journaling and, you know, whatever it was. And so by, um, about April or May, which was about four months into living in New York, I'd ended up, I ended up losing about like 30 pounds just from this new life, this new healthy lifestyle. And I lost all my modeling jobs cause I was in this sort of like in between and granted, you can work in a smaller size, as I mentioned before, but with modeling, you're building clients over the course of a few years. So all my clients who were booking me at a size 14 no longer could book me. And so all of a sudden, I go from making six figures to nothing overnight. Quickly, I become three months late on my rent. And I've just, I got to play a job at like a juice shop making like mm. probably like $7 an hour with a $3,000 a month apartment, which does not add up if you do the math. <laughs> and, um, and so I thought, you know what? how can I make money doing what I love? I've been sharing my health journey on social media. People were really responsive and wanting to know more. And so I was like, how, how am I already spending my time? So I wrote down for one day, I wrote down every five minutes how I was spending my time. And I, um, I looked at it and I was cooking and I was answering people's health questions and I was hosting dinner parties. And I thought, you know, what if I could cook this food for people and charge them and make money doing that? And so I posted something on Instagram and um, said, who in New York wants a private chef or a healthy chef or something? And I had like, I think I had like six people respond and I was like, yeah. And I just said yes to all of them. So I decided to do it in sort of a meal delivery format and I called it model meals, um, which was a little play on modeling in the sense that it changed my skin and it changed my body and really just changed a lot physically. But much more of that title model was about being a role model. So sharing, you know, inspiring people, sharing recipes and modeling how to live and eat cleaner. So I started cooking, I started delivering meals around New York City. Um, and it was pretty, it pr went pretty well. But with food, you really have to scale, you also are not supposed to be making food for people out of your apartment with your 200 pounds 
brown dog. So <laughs> that's frowned upon in, um, in yeah. food maker, uh, <laughs> world too. So, um, you know, I was so, so in debt that I just realized I have to humble myself. And so I moved back home to Southern California and into my parents' garage. And I lived there for two years um, and during that time teamed up, you know, I filmed a, an episode of Chopped, which was super fun and did some stuff with Food Network really to try and get my name out there. But um, I moved home with my parents and during that time teamed up with my business partner, Camille, who's a great friend of mine from college. And we relaunched Model Meals here on the West Coast. So we turned two years old. It's been two years since then. I just moved out of my parents' garage like five months ago. Mm. So that's very exciting. Mm. Um, and so right now our, our real, really big mission is to, is really building Model Meals and getting, making this clean eating easier for people and more accessible. And then I was simultaneously able to sign with a new modeling agency, IMG Models, and rebuild my modeling career. So it kind of all came full circle, and I found a lot of peace and balance with food, where I kind of let go of the food rules and just settled in my body, which tends to naturally settle at a 12, 14, no matter how I'm eating or whatever. And, and I, find a lot, I found a lot of joy in that and a lot of mm. self-love that it took me a long time to find. So um, just trucking on, every day is new, and I'm doing a lot of traveling, but um, but I get to do what I love every day. And that's I mean, I think that's all that matters. Oh my gosh, Danica, there's so much, uh, so many beautiful things that you shared in there that I'd love to expand a little bit on. I'm just going to go back to when you were talking about that moment of when you kind of stopped deciding to struggle, um, with your body and where you were at, just, uh, you know, you were like, well, just going with the healthy food idea and seeing what you could do with the whole 30. Was there a defining moment or something that you did or what did that conversation look like with yourself when you were just going to decide to give yourself some grace and see what it would be like if you would stop fighting with yourself? Yeah. So there were two significant moments when that happened. The first moment, I had just read a book called Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth, which really resonated with me. It felt like the first time someone was speaking my language about food. Um, and I kind of, I didn't mention this in my sort of explanation there, but I've, I found out later down the road that it wasn't food that was the problem. It was that I use food as my drug. Mm. So yeah, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a binge eater. So even if I'm binge eating 10,000 calories of apples and oranges and raw nuts, I'm still binge eating. I'm still using food as a drug. So mm. I spent a good amount of time in Overeaters Anonymous and in therapies really learning how to properly process and deal with my feelings so that I wouldn't reach for food to soothe things that food can't soothe. So I think that was the thing I learned eventually and and started picking up on in those moments where I realized, oh, food is not the food is it's not the food. It's it's food is just the drug. That's just the band-aid for me. And so there was the first moment where I just got exhausted of the dieting, which was back in probably around 2011. Did that for a while, did the like lived life on not on diets for a while and for some reason slipped back into it. Um, and then about I would say it was about a year ago. I finally was just so exhausted by it that I was like, enough is enough. And I promised myself that I would no longer live with food rules around how I ate. I would not say I was a vegan or I would not say I was paleo. I would not say I was gluten-free, like none of those things because I didn't want that to define me. And ever since I did that, I feel like I've had the biggest sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I don't binge because the food is no longer off limits. So there's no longer that mentality of I can't eat it tomorrow. I have to eat it all today sort of thing. Mm, I love that. So is there something that you do when maybe you find yourself because I know those, you know, all of the triggers from our past can come up, especially if we're under a lot of stress or we're traveling a lot or we're really busy or whatever that is that can kind of trigger you. Um, are there things that you do now that when you feel that coming back or you think about it or whatever it is, or, or that sense of wanting to control that you tap into? 
Yeah. So, I mean, the biggest thing for me is noticing, I think noticing when I reach for food and I'm not hungry because that happens multiple times every mm-hmm. day. And, and so I think that's the big moment of awareness. And the big thing that I have to practice is, okay, I'm reaching for food. Uh, I'm not physically hungry. What am I, what do I need? And whether, whether I journal, whether I take a walk, whether I call my boyfriend and talk about how I'm feeling, whatever it is, I try and get those emotions out. Um, and so that they're not kind of like, like, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but they're not like, like in my body sort of just like moving around and bothering me, if that makes sense. I really believe in the physical motion of getting feelings out of your body and that's through processing them. So I hope that answers the question. I'm not oh, sure God, I actually totally. answered the right question. <laughs> no, totally. I, I actually do the exact same thing if I, cause I'll eat a lot out of boredom or soothing. Just, it's just mm-hmm. such a childhood thing. So for me, it's like going for a walk. And a lot of times I'll try to either call someone or process verbally because mm-hmm. I don't know, I, I think females for the most part whom I've talked to tend to just, if we can just process out loud and mm-hmm. sometimes hear ourselves and move through it, it's amazing how healing that can be while moving your body. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've inspired me so much to really incorporate movement into that as well. And my boyfriend's very active also. So I think, I think there's so much more to physical, the same way there's so much more to food than weight loss. There's so much more to physical activity than weight loss and and the physical stuff that comes with it. That's like this tiny piece of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If I don't literally in the morning, I feel like my brain is not awake or connected. It's like, I can't quite connect or drop in without first moving a bit, even if it's just a walk for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, it just wakes up your brain, which is totally scientific, but it's amazing how easy it is to wake your brain up. So, so now you're doing model meals, which is so mm-hmm. exciting because food is one of the biggest things I think to cracking open what your, you know, what your purpose is, who you are, how you feel, because food is such a block. Like, what did you feel like, uh, when you did that first whole 30, what was something that really opened up that was surprising for you? I love it. You just said, first of all, food is such a block. That's like the words I've been searching for the last three years because that's what it was. And the problem is we get so used to eating our normal diet that we never know that there's an alternative. You know, there's, we never know that there's another way that you can feel and another way your brain can function. And so I think, you know, it's interesting because I say it's not about the food, but it is about the food because you, I changed what I ate. First, I changed what I ate. Then I changed like how and why I ate. And if I hadn't changed what I ate, then I would never have gotten to this point. And food has been the biggest, um, the most eye-opening thing for me. I mean, I just remember when I changed how I ate, I was having epiphany after epiphany after epiphany and just felt like, wow, all these things that have always felt so confusing to me are all of a sudden clear. It was like download after download. I just couldn't believe it. And, and, and I, and I notice it today too. And I'll get off track a little bit. I'm a lot more forgiving with myself with food nowadays. So I do get in times when I'm eating a little more gluten and sugar and grains than I typically would. And, and I notice it big time. So it's just finding that balance, but, but I, I, my, my reason for starting model meals truthfully was I wanted to give people this feeling first. And I felt like if I can just give you my meals and say, eat my meals, eat these meals for one month, just eat these meals, snack on fruits, vegetables, whatever they are. I I will guarantee them that it will change their life. You know? And I felt like there were so many challenges people were having with the actual process of making the meals and getting them. And it felt like so out of the ordinary because of our modern food system that it was proving too difficult for most people to make it work in their everyday lives. So I was like, if I can make these meals and make them accessible and get them to people, it can really change their lives. 
Oh my gosh. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm so incredibly passionate about that because there's some foundational things that we have to do first before we can even start to think of our goals or our dreams. Like when, I don't know how people who aren't moving or are still eating crappy food, even, well, we know they're not doing what they want to do because there's no energy for it because we only have, you know, energy is so finite. It's like you only get so much throughout the day that if we don't protect that and really know how to make more of it, it's like, it's gone. You know, the second you wake up and you get stressed, over one thing it's like then the rest of your day just feels so challenging when I wasn't eating well it was like everything felt stressful I was anxious all the time I was having panic attacks it's amazing what food can do to your brain and just to be able to clean it up like that is so it it makes everything so much easier so I'm super passionate about it I love what you're doing Um, I also do network marketing too so it's kind of like I love the to be able to provide people with something easier but then they also need the meals too which is so perfect for what you're doing. So it's so beautiful if you can find something like this in your area. So where are you delivering to right now? You're in. We are. So Southern California, San Diego, LA, Orange County, Santa Barbara, San Bernardino. And then we just launched San Francisco Bay area. Oh my gosh. When are you going to the Midwest? (laughs) We need to get there and I want to do the East. I mean, we want to be everywhere. And my goal is to really be national. And it is also to, you know, the most important thing for me, and I think it's important to touch on is the way we source our food, because what we're sourcing, you know, we're supporting, you know, the meat that we serve, for example, this is grass fed beef from pasture raised cows that have no hormones, no antibiotics. They are like living, you know, we visit our farms, we know our farmers, we're really, really, really specific about how we source our food because we, you know, even our chicken farm, they are using regenerative regenerative agriculture. And you see so many people, you know, talking crap on, on, um, the meat industry, but there's also agriculture that can really sustain it and can really regenerate. So, so it's just kind of about that education. So I think the most important thing for us as we scale the business as well is just really looking at where we're getting that food from and supporting the farmers who are doing it right. You know, that's what we really need to do so that they, so that they can grow more and it can cost less and then more people have access to it. Mm. And that's so amazing too, because that really does what, what is going into the food and just the energy around the food, I truly believe is so massive for how you feel as well. You know, you can eat at certain restaurants and while it might be healthy food, it's funny because I'll go back to, cause we're from the Midwest, my husband and yeah. I. So we yeah. go back there a lot. And even though you can be eating quote unquote healthy food, maybe if it's not, you know, raised properly or it's not organic or you don't know where it's coming from, it's like, you can still feel horrendous. And I just had a salad mm-hmm. and I'm like, Oh my God, why do I feel terrible? So these are really important things. I don't want to overwhelm people who maybe are new, but as you start to, you know, like you said, you start with the foundational things and you move on, you don't realize that there's another level to feeling good and then another level to feeling good. And then this consciousness opens up around not only your life, but your food. And there's a whole other level to feeling good, which is really exciting because you know that you get these, uh, you know, there's nowhere to go, but way up for as far as you're feeling. And I wanted to add to what which I'm sure you have something to compare it to in your life. When I was um, writing my book, it was like so vital for me to eat well because I would notice the days that I would eat more sugar or I would drink the night before, I would feel zero inspiration. And it's like I could not tap into God, source, whatever you believe. Do you experience that? Oh my gosh, big time. It's so crazy. You know, not only do I, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more aware of that, of how that works now for me, like when, when what times work for me and how I eat. But it's so funny because I'm, I just started doing a whole 30, um, and haven't done one in a long time because my diet for the most part is whole 30, but I introduced some grains and I introduced some more natural sugars 
and that sort of stuff. And lately I just realized like, wow, I'm not, I've just felt sort of okay or even good. I felt pretty good, but I haven't felt that great, that clarity. And so for me, you know, I'm working on a book as well and sitting down in the last few months, I, I was sitting down an hour a day to do it and was feeling that way. And a lot of, a lot of the time. And so it's interesting. I just was like, you know what, I know what I need to do. I need to write this in bulk, like take, take a trip away. <laughs> and I need to really prepare. Like it takes a month, I think of preparation to get yourself to the best version of yourself and especially cognitively. And then you can take maybe the month after that to, to use your superpowers. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that you're doing that too. Are you going to go away somewhere? Well, I kind of think I need to, that's where I'm going. So I probably just need, maybe after this, after this interview, I'll book something. <laughs> I think that's the way to go. My attention span, just like an hour a day. I just, for it's not, I don't know. I'll have to talk to you more about that process. Girl, that's exactly, that's exactly what I did. It was like, I was, I started on an hour a day and I was like, this isn't, this isn't working for me. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. That makes me feel better. Yeah, it, it will massively help. But yeah, the, the clarity thing for food. And I do want to expand that it's, it's amazing that when you start with the foundational stuff, it's, it's baby steps. It's so small. I kind of did what you did. Just, just started eating better food. And that gave me a little bit extra energy and a little bit extra willpower to maybe start eating even a little better. And then maybe after the next year or two years, I started saying maybe I could clean up what I'm doing on the weekends. Cause you know, you still have those all out cheats or whatever it is. And that was mm -hmm. throwing me off. Like mm -hmm. I didn't want to eat that way. I didn't want to have this life where, you know, I ate perfect during the week. And then on the weekend, it was like a free for all, like, because I was going to go into depriving myself during the week again. And finally, I'm at this point in my life where it's like, like you said, nothing is off limits. Like I love champagne. I love chocolate. <laughs> and if I want it every single day, I'm going to have it, but I'm going to watch how much I have. So, but that has helped me so much. It's so strange how now all of a sudden I'm like, no, I'm good. Like I'm totally good. I don't want it right now, you know, and I still fall off, but like you, I do a lot of walks. And a lot of, oh, are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, can sorry. You cut out there for a second. I hear you now. Nope. It's okay. We'll just edit it. So okay. like you, I do a lot of walks. Um, and you said you do meditation. So what, is there something that you like to do around it or do you have just kind of your own practice that you found that works for you? So, well, I think it's so important what you're saying is, you know, food is where it starts. When you eat that way, you have the energy to do all these other things. For me, food was the number one. And I think people, I think food and exercise can play that same role. Either you start with exercise or you start with food. But they, those are the things that give you the energy to do all the other stuff. So I think when you change what you eat, for example or you start moving every morning, you're automatically going to start picking up other healthy habits because you now have the energy for them, you know, and you get sort of addicted to that feeling good. So for me, meditation became something pretty quickly after I changed how I ate that became a big part of my life. And Honestly, I've never had any formal training. I found the um, Oprah and Deepak Chopra have these sort of guided 20-minute meditations that they have. They have an app, and that was how I got started. They do a free 21-day challenge like yes. every couple months, um, and I love them. And and they really, you know, we do that. My boyfriend and I will turn it on in the morning. We'll do one of them, and and that for me is really um, has really been great. So occasionally I'll meditate on my own, but for the most part, I use one of those to guide me. Mm, I love that. That's funny. I did that a while back too, and I really loved it. It was just a great reset and a great habit to get into. So what has been, you know, you're doing so many amazing things right now, and I'm sure that your life has had to come full circle and create maybe new tribes or walk away from, uh, from some pretty, I'm sure challenging things, but what has been the most challenging thing that you have had to walk away from in order to become the person you are now? Oh goodness. That's a really great question. 
Um, I would say, and maybe everyone says this, but really not caring so much about what people think. I think I learned that lesson big time when I became the boss of a company. And now, you know, we have about 30 employees and I finally realized that I cannot just say yes to everything that my employees want. I cannot just pay them $50 an hour because I want to, because that'll make them like me, you know? And so I had to really learn that now my decisions are, they have to come from a variety of different places. So I really had to learn quickly how to deal with people. I think that's the biggest thing as a business grows. You, no one really talks about the fact that like the hardest part. And I mean, it's the most rewarding part too, is, is managing human beings because Mm -hmm. those are all human beings with a lot of needs and a lot to communicate. And, and the bigger you get, you really have to nurture each and every one of them, especially in a startup business where there isn't a really a a foundation of any sort of human resources or anything like that plan. You kind of just go with it. So I think for me across the board, it's that. And, and then also the food stuff for me, the second I let go of spending my entire, like all of my energy on food, I got, I had this like pot of gold energy that I got to spend on all these other different things. And I started building my, my dream life out of that. Mm, Wow. Okay. I love that you talked about that today because I am just, I'm having one of those days where you're really feeling it. Like you're really feeling a lot of stress and pressure just from all of the different people in who, you know, when you are, like you said, the boss of a company or you're dealing with a lot of personalities, there's a lot that comes with it and you want to help everyone. You want to please everyone. You want to make everyone happy, but you absolutely need, if you want your company to grow and you want to look out for the best interests of your people, then you have to be super fierce with your decisions in a loving way. And that is, wow. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you are, that's actually one of my questions that's on my paper, is what what do you do when you are in a position where you're really stressed out, maybe you're feeling pressured and you feel like you just don't know what to do or say because you're, no matter what, you're not going to please anyone with this decision? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, first of all, I'm very fortunate to have my business partner. She is like my other half. She's very numbers, details, very much behind the scenes. And we work so well together. We have very different opinions. um, And it really is valuable to our business because we tend to meet in the middle, which has been really great. So we bounce a lot of stuff off of each other. But I'm very, very spiritual part of my daily part of the one of the tools that has led me to you know where I am today is my daily self-care checklist that is kind of something that I created over time and it's really it's basically my prescription for a good life so it's a checklist I use every day where it's just you know I check off that I meditated I write my gratitude I write my affirmations I write a future bio all that sort of stuff and so for me I think anytime, you know, writing has always been such a tool for me. And so writing things out tends to help me really understand how I want to present it. I'm just a lot better in that way. So a lot of times I'll communicate. I love to communicate via email first for people. I think it allows them the time to process their feelings, especially with something big. And some, some people might say that's kind of cheap, but, um, I mean, obviously a big, big thing. I would not just shoot someone an email, but I think, I think it, for me, I communicate my clearest through writing. And so it's really been learning how to deliver a message with empowerment and reminding people that we're on the same team. We're fighting for the same goal in most cases. Um, it's just, we're seeing that path, the path to get there as something different than each other. Mm, I love that. 
So you said something in there about writing your future bio. I would love to hear more about that. What does that look like? <laughs> Everyone's always so interested in that. I love, I, you know, it's something that I love. So I, um, I've hosted a couple different retreats. I really, really love the process of goal setting, the process of helping people really figure out, um, what they're here for, what their fullest life looks like, how they want to feel, what their gift to this world is. I really feel like everyone is here to contribute a specific thing. And it's, it's, it's selfish if we don't do the self work to dig in and tune in and figure out what, you know, what is my gift? What, what is my fullest life and live that. And so for me, this whole self-care checklist in the first place started as just a place where I could track, like, I think it was like I was tracking my whole 30 days or something and I would just check off every day. And then as I added these habits, I was like, oh, I want to keep track. I want to hold myself accountable because I was reading every self-help personal growth book out there, but, and I had all these tools, but those tools are useless if you don't use them. So one of the things that I love is I just started, and I have no idea where this came from or why I started doing it, but I write, I have a little, um, the prompt on my checklist that I copy and paste every day says, dear Annika Breisha is, and I write a bio as if someone's writing out about me in the New York Times or on a book cover or whatever. And typically I tend to write from a place like five years in the future, but it might say something like Danica Breisha is a um, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, media personality, motivational speaker, and, um, you know, and philanthropist. Danica's best-selling books are sold, have changed people's lives in this way or that way. She recently sold out Madison Square Garden with her um, motivational, with her tours. She and her partner, Billy, have this sort of life. Her net worth at this age is blah, blah, blah. And I just get super specific. And it's different every day, but it's usually some version, like different ways of saying the same sort of thing. And the truth is, those bios, if I were to look back on the ones that I wrote probably like three years ago, they would probably say very close to what I'm living now. And I really, really believe in manifestation. And so what I do is I write that bio and then just under that, I write a note, like a, basically a journal entry for my future. So you might take a page in your journal and you might date it September 5th, 2022, you know, and whatever, five years in advance, six years in advance. And, and you write, I woke up today, um, in our dream home, we just finished building it. Um, the kids are doing this, uh, today we're flying to New York, um, to do that, you know, and I just, I write a journal entry and I just let my imagination run wild because they say to really, the way to really step into that, to manifest that life is to feel the feelings first and then the physical catches up. So that's my pra my daily practice of doing that. Oh, I love that. I believe so much in that too. And there's so much power in that, especially if you are maybe feeling not super inspired or not clear, just letting yourself play and go to that space of possibility and then clinging to it. If you like it and you created it and you love the feeling, it's like, stick with it because it's yours and it's possible. So Absolutely. I love, love, love that. We did that actually this morning. So that was pretty good. Did you? Oh, mm -hmm. I love that. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We do it all the time. And I'm like, what'd you see? What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> so it's really powerful when you get to do it together. Do you do that with your boyfriend? Are you guys? No. Friends? And you're kind of, okay. Yeah. So he just moved in. My boy, my boyfriend's amazing. He's a, re a recovered drug addict actually. And really was something I was so drawn to about him was how he, he worked a very serious recovery program. And as a result, he really learned how to, um, communicate his feelings, how to be present, mm -hmm. how to be of service, how to connect with people. And, and I was so blown away with this 
man who was just present and communicative. And, and he has really taught me how to love in a different way. And he's just so, he's so my partner in all things. And so we've only been together about, um, about 10 months or almost 10 months. So it's relatively new still, but we just sort of mesh. I think we definitely were together in a previous life. And, um, we discuss a lot about the future and, um, and, and I like the idea of sort of doing that together because we haven't really formally done that. I love it. All I can hear is like with our powers combined. What was that? Yeah, right. I am Captain Planet. Yes, totally. That's how you. That's how you'll feel afterward. It's crazy. Totally. I'm in. I'm into that. So tell me about what this book is that you want to write or that you're working on. Yeah. So, so I've all writing has always been my mechanism, like more, more than anything else I've been writing since I was a kid. It just, I think because very, I never really learned how to communicate and feel my feelings until very recently. And so I think when I write things like things would come out of my pen, especially when I was journaling after the changes in how I ate, I was seeing things come out of my pen that I had no idea I felt, but I knew were truths. And so for me, writing has always been a really great way for me to communicate and to communicate my thoughts really clearly. And the biggest demand I get from people is how to create a life you know, the life of their dreams essentially. And, and I believe, you know, I get overwhelmed really easily. If you tell me to create a great life, I'm going to run away because that's terrifying. But (laughs) if you tell me to create a great day, I'm like, I could probably create a great day. So I kind of worked backwards and thought, what does a great day look like for me? And so I started just really observing. And I found that if I meditate, if my space is clean, if I practice gratitude, if I surrender, if I pray, if I get enough sleep, if I eat clean, all these little factors that made up a great day for me. And so that's what this checklist has became. It became a place to mount. It's basically a prescription, you know, for a great day. And I figured that it says a series of great days equals a great life. And so this book is all about creating your own personal self-care checklist. So whether you're, you know, I love to do self-experiments. I'll take a month off social media. One month I did a challenge where I smiled for 11 minutes every day. I'd set a timer and I just had to smile. Like I couldn't break the smile. And it was funny to, to like observe how much it changed my mood. And so it's all about these self-experiments and building your own self-care checklist that then sort of navigates your day and how I schedule my day. Scheduling my self-care and my sleep is the first thing I do on my calendar. And then I schedule in the meetings and the work stuff all in between that. But, but it's really about giving people a game plan and something tangible that they can use so that it's not another self-help book. It's really a place where you can take all the stuff you read in self-help books and create an action plan plan. Mm, That is so amazing. I love that you do your self-care in your calendar. I literally just wrote that down because I am like always trying to squeeze it in here and there and it's getting pushed around and it it, literally my soul is telling me like this has to stop. So that's a really beautiful way to, to do it. I'm going to go downstairs and tell my husband, we have to do that. (laughs) Okay. Who were you talking to? Um, (laughs) okay. So I want to know about what it looks like for you to surrender, because I really feel like, especially if we come from a background of you know, struggling with food or eating or exercise or whatever that looks like, or just struggling with anxiety. It's like the things that we want to do is control immediately and Mm -hmm. controlling can often bring us even further down that rabbit hole. So surrender has been like one of my biggest practices in everything, especially if I want to manifest the life that I want to manifest. So what does that look like for you? 
Yeah. So the word surrender, I first heard a lot in the Overeaters, Overeaters Anonymous program. And just this idea of sort of letting, let go and let God, you know, and I'm not a religious person. I am quite spiritual now just because I, I just feel mm-hmm. knowing, like believing that there's something greater than me and something magical that I can't see. Like I, I dig that. So that's my, you know, that feels good to me. But my surrender statement every morning, it kind of just depends. It's whatever comes out. But a lot of times it's, I surrender the need to control my food. I surrender the obsession with being like hyper productive. I surrender the need to stress out about all these different things. Like, and it's, so it's, it just kind of depends on what, um, what I'm feeling. I surrender, I surrender the attachment of my worth to money, you know, anything that kind of comes up for me and just surrendering and letting go and realizing that, that it's not my job to control everything in my world, especially other people. Wow. Surrender statements. That is super powerful just to be, you know, instead of like a morning mantra or something like a morning surrender statement is Mm -hmm. that could maybe even be more powerful for someone like myself. That's really beautiful. Do you have a favorite one that you kind of go to? Mm, You know, I don't, so they're not, um, I don't have really like formal ones. Mm -hmm. It just kind of depends. Like if I were to write it right now, I would probably write, um, I surrender the, you know, the need to be constantly scheduled. I Mm -hmm. surrender the, um, the attachment to like my accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, you know, it kind of, it just, it kind of depends on this, whatever comes out of my pen, well, not my pen. I I type this now, but, um, but just for me, it's a lot of times it's about the food. It's just, I have to remember over and over and over that I just need to surrender the whole food thing. Like Mm. I, I'm not in charge. I do not need to figure out the food thing. You know, I love this conversation because I hope that people can see that it's, it's such a lifelong process. And there are times when it's like, you think you've done it and all of a sudden it's back again and you haven't failed. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's a lifelong learning process. And honestly, if we weren't learning, if we didn't have something that was kind of like always in the forefront for us to learn and to really have it, you know, shed light on some area that maybe needs a little more love or a little more help, we'd be really bored. Totally. Because life is all about growth. So it's contrast. You know, Mm -hmm. someone asked me one time, they're like, you know, I do all this work and I feel like I make so much progress. And then all of a sudden one day it's like, I'm back at square one. And I'm like, you know what? We need to shift our perspective and we need to see those moments as the universe reminding, giving us some contrast to remind us of why we do what we do. I -hmm. have to eat gluten here and there and feel like absolute crap to be reminded of why I put the energy in to eat the the way Mm -hmm. I do most of the other days, you know? So I think it's, I think we just have to look at those days as contrast and exactly like as a reminder of how good it is all the other days because otherwise we don't have anything to compare it to I love that and I think it's important for people to know that sometimes you have contrasting years there are times where it's like this is a really rough contrasted year and I have to look at that as wow this is just a year that there's a lot going on there's a lot of growth there's a lot of learning I really look at it as winter like it's so there's so much nurturing and rejuvenation that is happening in the darkness in the cold in that period where it feels so bleak and then all of a sudden the most out of nowhere sometimes the most beautiful spring and summer come and you're like wow I would have never been able to have this without that long winter (laughs) (laughs) but when you're in it man yeah totally (laughs) when you're in it you're like why have you okay have you have you recently had a winter like that or when was your last one and what was it 
Oh my gosh. Yes. Because I got, so <laughs> I had a, I randomly got a, an infection in my gums, like, and my entire face or my, the left side of my face swelled up. And I had booked one of the biggest modeling jobs in my life. It was this like big campaign with Target. Mm. And because I'm so stubborn about using Western medicine, I like didn't do anything about it for a while. And mm. then my shoot's coming up in like four days. I'm like, okay, my face is still huge. <laughs> I need to do something about it. And so I was, icing it all of a sudden I was doing Epsom so I was doing all that I did all the natural things I could think of Mm -hmm. and then I finally had to get on antibiotics and to be honest after the you know the way I eat my I just my body is not used to taking things like that and they rocked my world Mm -hmm. so not only did I have to show up to this huge modeling job with a huge face and thankfully the target crew was beyond kind and accepting and they were so sweet about it but um but but I really was put I was I was down for about a week at least, you know, in bed every day, no energy, just really uncomfortable. And, and I took it as two things. I took it as a reminder of how good it is, you know, when I'm being healthy and a reminder of not, of not being such an extremist with, you know, the way I view anything modern, you know, any modern medicine versus Western medicine versus Eastern, you know, any of that stuff. And then to really say, you know what, this might've just been the universe saying, slow down. If this is what it takes for us to to give you a couple of days in bed watching Netflix, then this is how we're going to have to do it. Mm, I love that. So I'm a firm (laughs) believer in just like, you know, completing the story in a way that works best for you, because we're (laughs) always going to have something. And I feel like, especially we can either over spiritualize or we can try to analyze things to death or figure out why we're acting this way or figure out, you know, what in our childhood this came from. And I think that we get, sometimes we spend so much time there that it's a waste of energy instead of just (laughs) completing the story and saying, you know, I may never get completion on this story, or I may never, that person may never say, I'm sorry, or, I may never get this thing that I want to do. So completing it in the best way possible. Have you recently had to do that to close a loop in your life and move forward? Oh, wow. I love that. Um, the thing that popped into my head first was I was obsessed with this guy, like in love with this guy. I think I had like a fantasy relationship in my head for like 10 years. (laughs) And I mean, here's the thing. He was a friend of mine. It wasn't like I didn't have you. I didn't like see him on Instagram and fall in love and never talk to him. But, um, but I was in love with him. He was an NFL quarterback. Um, we had a relationship years ago, like a decade ago. And I, and I clung, I was hanging on to that so much. Like we're going to end up one day together one day. And a lot of the messages I was telling myself was when you lose weight, you'll be enough for him. Mm. So like, I think I had a lot attached to that because he was an NFL quarterback and he's never going to date the chubby girl or whatever, you know, and I had all these messages I was playing for myself. Um, and, and really I realized fine, you know, after a lot of self-work, I realized that, I was in love with him. I was in love with the idea of him and what I thought it meant about me if I was with him. Mm. And so I finally was able to just realize, okay, this is not love. This is, you know, this is a call for self love, self love, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think also with my relationship with Billy, my current boyfriend, he's just, I mean, it's amazing how you can be in a relationship and, or like be in a situation and think it's amazing. And then you get another one and you're like, oh my gosh, how did I like, not have this before, you know, how did I not realize that I was deserving of this kind of love? And so for me, it took me a long time to really drop the fantasy in my head. Like I'm going to end up with this guy. This guy is right for me because I am special. It'll make me feel special and enough and and all that stuff. And so I think closing that story, like opened so many more doors for me. Mm, How did you do that? 
You know, a few things. <laughs> the, first, the first being I sent him a text message with all of my feelings in it. And by a text message, I think it ended up being in like six. It was very long. <laughs> and I sent him a text message. This is probably like four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of saying, this is how I feel about you. I felt this way for a long time. And his reaction to it, you know, a couple of days later, because we were, I, I put him in the friend zone for really long because that's how I, that's where, that's where I put any guy for most of my life that could have been a good match for me because I think I had a real fear of letting anyone get too close. Mm-hmm. And so the friend zone was a play and I had a real, real fear of getting hurt and finding out that those guys didn't want to date me because of my body or something mm-hmm. like that. I had a lot of, um, a lot of negative body image. And so I think with these guys that I, I thought were amazing, I'd put them as my best friend and I'd spend all my time with them and we do all this stuff together and we were basically it was my boyfriend without you know anything sexual mm-hmm. and and so um I put Mark in uh, sorry Mark is the guy that I was talking about I put him in that zone uh for a really long time and you know it didn't serve the purpose I wanted to it made me his friend it made me watch a you know all the other girls he dated and all that stuff and so mm-hmm. I think really like I obviously I had to, I stopped talking to him. I, and I got all those feelings out when I sent him that text message. And then he, his response was very kind of short. Um, and you know, it wasn't mean by any means, but it was a lot to send someone, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't even know how you respond, how you expect to respond to something like that. Um, but just seeing that, and there was just closure when I, when I kind of gave myself that reality check of, Oh, like this is not, based in reality. This is based in, you know, a lot of, you know, in, in a lot of other things. So it was a lot of the, just the self-work, the journal, the endless journaling. I wrote him so many letters that I never intended really to send, but so many letters of getting all these feelings out. And I think I finally just, it just clicked for me that of what it really was, like what my obsession was and what it was based in versus, you know, it wasn't, and it's not fair to him because I wasn't in love with him. I was in love with the idea of him. And even if I was with him, it wouldn't add up to what I thought it was, you know? Oh my God. Okay. So up and out, like getting things up and out so powerful because we process like that. Like you keep things Mm -hmm. inside. It's like, it's like trying to understand, you know, a book, but not reading it, but just stacking books on top of each other, not (laughs) like never opening them. Because when you, when you like get it up and out, you can see it for what it is and read it for what it is. It's so interesting. Like, you know, I can be so mad at someone and go on a walk for an hour and just spit out everything, like every feeling from the hideous ugliness in the beginning where you're just swearing and saying awful things about this person to the end going, oh my God, I'm actually upset with me right now. <laughs> Whatever, mm-hmm. Whatever that mm-hmm. looks mm-hmm. like, it's so amazing. Out. So pro- yeah. like up and out and processing. So journaling, um, I'm sure you probably had, I don't, did you have close friends at the time that you could process with at all? You know, here's the thing. I was very, as much as I would have liked, like I thought that I was super extroverted. I had a ton of friends, all that stuff. But I think what I learned as I did more self-work and, um, was that I was very, very lonely. You know, I was a lonely person surrounded in people, you know? And so, so I, I never really, I think I came from a perspective of thinking vulnerability was weak. And I know now that it's anything, but, um, but, but I didn't share a lot of my feelings. So a lot of it, you know, I did get into therapy and do some therapy and stuff, but a lot of it came for me through writing, writing everything down, getting everything out was really, really beneficial for me. And now with my boyfriend, it's funny, I find that I don't journal much anymore. And that's Mm. because we have such a communicative relationship. I am completely myself. I don't feel like I can, there's, there's nothing I don't feel like I can talk to him about. 
and I get so many of my feelings out that it's, it's interesting that that's now my mechanism. And I always wanted speaking my feelings to be my mechanism, but I wasn't, I couldn't do it. And so I did this therapy called ISTDP. It's, it's intensive short-term dynamic psychotherapy. And it's really about relearning how to feel your feelings. When I went into this therapy, I, she was like, how are you feeling? I was like, I don't like, I don't know how to answer that question. I would always look to the outside world to tell me how I should feel. So if you ask me, you know, I'm in a nightclub in New York and you say, how are you feeling? I'm going to be like, good, fun, happy, successful, but I'm never going to tune into my body and realize that this place is miserable and I'm not like, I'm not actually happy here. So the whole therapy was really learning about, okay, sadness feels like this. You know, you feel this lump in your throat. Love feels expansive. And, and like to put physical feelings with, with, emotions. And then to realize that if I was willing to stay in my body and sit in those feelings and feel them, then I had a compass for my life. And that work was so, so powerful because now I can take that with me. And in my business, if I get a weird feeling about something, Mm -hmm. I actually can use that as like a direction for me rather than looking around and figuring out how I should feel or what I should say. Oh, that is so powerful. I, I use that a lot in relationships. And it's like, even though something is telling me, you know, because in the world of social media and everything that we do, especially if you're into um, marketing or really meeting people and connecting in collaboration, right? Because that's totally what the world is about now. It, it's like following those gut feelings, even though someone has this number or is doing this doesn't mean that you are meant to connect with them. So really right. sitting down and following that feeling doesn't, it may not mean they're a bad person at all. It mm-hmm. might mean that your energies are absolutely just not meant to connect at this time. And it's really interesting because sometimes you can even meet them again and it can change, but mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do if I did not use that. I use it all the time. Like literally my husband and I'll go to a meeting and I'm like, you know what? I was yawning a lot. Like I just, I did, I felt really tired. I could hardly like tune in. So I, it's not that the person's bad. It's that I just, there's no energy there for me. So it's not someone I want to work with all the time. So, you know, you, you wish them well, you love them, you send them love, or maybe you meet again if you're like, I'm really not sure. So do you use that in other forms or, you know, in, in business and in your life and other ways that you can think of right now? Absolutely. I use that. I use that everywhere. And I think that's the greatest tool in in overcoming addiction. You know, my addiction to food and sugar was very similar to my boyfriend's addiction to harder drugs, you know, or someone's addiction to alcohol or social media or sex or whatever it is. I think we, if we're, if we're unable to feel and process and use our feelings, then our only option is to take something and 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 quiet them is to take something outside of us to them down. And I think through all the self-work that I had done, I learned that all the answers I need are actually inside of me, but I had to be willing to feel, I had to be willing to listen and create that space. And so for me, I'm using that intuition in everything I do, you know, everything, you know, and especially what's been so beautiful, I think, and especially with social media is the majority of my team at Model Meals has come to me through social media and has been someone who's reached out and said, I love what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that's how we've been able to do all of our hiring is we get these people who are aligned with the same mission, the same goals, and they know my vibe and they know that. And so for the most part, we're getting people who I'm really like, oh, I really vibe with them. And I just, you know, I just have to follow that. And to be honest, the the most, like the clearest example of this in my recent life is when I started, when I met Billy, you know, I met Billy, my boyfriend, I was on all the fancy dating apps. And then I finally was like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm running into a lot of egos and a lot of issues here. I got on <laughs> Tinder. I saw him and we just started conversing and 
you know, on paper, there was a lot of shit there, to be honest. And he knows that and he's very open about his story. So I'm not here dumping his mm-hmm. stuff into the public. Um, you know, he's he's really, really passionate about uh, bringing healthy food and healthy lifestyles into recovery programs. That's his, sort of that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I really tuned in and, and everything on paper about him pretty much said like, no, run for the hills. But I told myself, I said, you know what? I've been trusting everything outside of myself my whole life. And this time I'm going to trust and trust how I actually feel and how I felt with him was magical. It was safe. It was comfortable. It was connected. It was love. And so I just kept following that. And I'm so grateful I did because he's one of the most beautiful people. And, and if I hadn't learned to trust my feelings instead of my surroundings, then I wouldn't be in this amazing relationship today. Oh, and just being open, like you said, that's so beautiful. If you weren't open, can you imagine all of the different things that you would miss out on? And I think that, you know, when we think with our heads, we miss out on all of the things that our heart desires. And it's just we close ourselves Mm -hmm. off. So that is so beautiful. So, okay, I could talk to you all day. (laughs) I know. I'm loving you and I'm loving this conversation. I was just thinking that I was like, I'm going to have to email her afterwards because like I want to chat a little more. So I was just thinking that too. I'm like, okay, well, this has been 55 minutes. So I better better start wrapping. I was like, we'll we'll go 30 to 50 minutes or maybe longer. (laughs) (laughs) Or three hours. Or, you know, we could talk all day. Okay. So I would love for you to um, just share with everybody where they can find you follow you, what you're most excited about right now. Sure. Um, I am, you know, I'm really excited about my life right now and all the different pieces of it, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. my model meals, of course, you can find model meals at, um, on Instagram at model meals or online modelmeals.com. And Lori, if you want to, I'm happy to provide, um, you guys with a, uh, code if people want to try it and they yeah, can get that a discount. That would be amazing. We could put those um, in the show notes. Yeah, 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 perfect. And then um, you can find me. I do a lot. Instagram is sort of my main uh, space that I use. I do stories a lot. I really like Instagram stories because I feel like it's a really good place to show little tidbits throughout the day. So I'm constantly talking about lifestyle tips and um, wellness and and you know health stuff and and just and vulnerability and and all that stuff. So that's that. And then um, modeling has been really wonderful. I signed with some amazing new agents, and um, I'm doing a lot of that sort of work. So you can find me on OldNavy.com and target.com and all that stuff. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I'm, we're, I'm working with my managers. We're on a couple of different potential television options and writing the book. And, um, but for the most part, things are really, I'm just kind of going with the flow. I haven't, to be honest, felt super, super inspired lately. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Like I realized that I'm not really sponge right now. I'm, I'm, I go through waves in my life where I'm like a sponge where I'm soaking up new information and I'm learning and whatever. And then I go through creation and like action spaces. So I'm more in this like action space right now where I'm taking what I've learned and I'm putting it to work. So I'm just laying a lot of foundations right now. Um, and so I I might be a little boring, but I'm, you know, I'm just Mm. living my day to day life and hopefully sharing that with people, um, can really, really help. I'm super engaged on, on Instagram. So would love for you guys to follow. And I try and answer all my messages. I usually can. So, Mm, so awesome. And thank you for sharing that. That's, I think through the whole conversation, the thing that I really hope that people picked up on is just the seasons of life and how beautiful Mm -hmm. each phase can be, be. And I love that you said, you know, the sponging and the action and the, the creation, because let me tell you, we beat ourselves up. If we think we're creatives, then we've labeled ourselves. I'm a creative. Why am I not creating, you know, I need to be learning more. I need this or that. No, you need to put it into action now, you know? (laughs) So that was really awesome. That was actually really helpful for me because I was like, I'm feeling a little uninspired. 
tired right now. So yeah, I'm just okay. in the action phase. Yes, it's all mm-hmm. good. So thank you mm-hmm. so much. I loved this conversation. I always um, end with one last question, but I just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you're doing in the world. And I really do love following your Insta stories because you're so you. inspirational. <laughs> I knew I had to have you on the podcast because I knew it would be an epic conversation because all that you do for people, the way that you run your team, the way that your relationship looks and the way that you uh, live your life in a really inspired way and you share it with so many people. So I so appreciate you. So Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me. This is, I I really admire you and I have no doubt that your audience is as beautiful as you are. So I'm really excited to have the opportunity to to connect with you guys. Amazing. And they are beautiful. They are amazing. I can't wait for them (laughs) to reach out to you. So I always end on one last question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So you are in a super short elevator ride with someone and Mm -hmm. it's only like 30 seconds and they Mm -hmm. look over at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Go within. Mm. Can I, can I, you want me to elaborate on that? You have 30 seconds. Okay. I would say all the answers, stop looking outside of yourself for answers, create the quiet, create the space, create the time to listen inward, clear all the things that are fogging up your mind and are distracting you from going inward because all the answers you need are inside. Oh, so beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much. And you guys, if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends and until next time, earn your happy. Bye everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye.